Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. o'clock 12 noon here in the city of chicago 670 the score 670thescore.com is what you have final hour of hit and run underway it's nick shepkowski in for matt spiegel today matt spiegel on vacation he'll be back before too long but been a fun morning with you so far as we're out and about smoke daddy 3636 north clark street you come here you look right across the street, right at the ballpark. You look right into Gallagher Way. Not a better view in the neighborhood. And our broadcast today brought to you by Xfinity, the exclusive Wi-Fi provider of Wrigley Field. Is Welcome back in. And now our pleasure to be joined right here at Smoke Daddy, the none other than our fine baseball, baseball reporter himself, it's Bruce Levine. What's up, Bruce? Hi, Nick. How are you? Uh, yeah, a lot of uh, things going on. Uh, Cubs coming off of... Uh... Seven and one road trip so far, uh, hoping to make it eight and one and uh, hit the road for a long period of time. I, you've seen many things in baseball in your day, both here at Wrigley, south side of the, the city as well. I'm sure on road games you've covered. Before yesterday, had you ever seen a 40,000-person crowd give a standing ovation to a change of breeze? Uh, you know, anything can happen in Chicago. <laughs> I saw a man dance with his wife once. I thought I heard that in a song yeah, before. It might have been. Maybe. But, you know, again, that's, uh, you know, when you talk about weather in Chicago, that's the, the most, the, the Chicagoans are passionate about their sports teams, the city itself, and weather, mm -hmm. you know, because you live in Chicago, you know it's the greatest city in the world by far. There's nothing close. But... At the same time, you know that your the trade-off is that your weather is going to blow most of the time. <laughs> yeah, it certainly did do that in uh, various different ways. Mostly good from this homestand, obviously. Um, Javier Baez hasn't been playing his best baseball of late, but yesterday, just absurd. He hits the go-ahead home run, and nobody's talking about it after game. It's all about the tag on Will Myers for the second out in the ninth inning. How, how close does he look to you to be kind of turning the corner? Because he'd been slumping a little yeah, bit pre-All-Star break. Yeah, he's been slumping a lot. He dropped about 40 points in average. And I, I know people don't use batting average as anything, but you can use it as an indicator of contact. For a guy that doesn't walk and he's not really uh, a huge OPS guy because of his uh, lack of on-base percentage, uh, you notice batting average with Baez. And the contact hasn't been there. I, it, it was a good day for him. I think he's coming out of it a bit. But you notice the play in the field was kind of shoddy, too. I mean, there were a couple of brain cramps where he waited too long to throw the ball in the Leicester game the other day, uh, threw the ball over the pitcher's head, you know, just not, not Javier Baez-like. But uh, the tag, you know, brings you back to the fact that he's such a sensational talent and that he can impact the game in so many ways. And the, the one take I had out of it, which... I wasn't aware of is that he practices the tag 
And we asked him, you know, yesterday, yesterday after the game, how do you practice a tag? He said, well, I, I work with the pitching machine, and I set it for a different level, and I practice my tags in the cage. So uh, th- that's really interesting that a guy would take the time to just get his hands ready by making tag plays, setting the you know, pitching machine at a certain level and, and making this part of his practice. Very fascinating. Is that a result, you think, of replay? Like one of the benefits of replay is, okay, you get the call right. Tagging was never a thing. That was never a highlight. That was never something that, like, oh, that guy's a great tagger. You never considered that before three or four years ago. I think, Nick, you, you brought up a great point. Uh, nine times out of ten before replay... That type of uh, tag would result in being safe. Because for the umpire back then, it was safety first. Not that they weren't always trying to get it right. But with, with Baez and his reputation for quick hands, that umpire, you know, give him credit yesterday, was in perfect position. That's not an easy call. you got to be looking at the foot and the bag at the same time. You have to be in perfect position and not get run over by the play. And uh, I think it was Vandover who was uh, the umpire. And he made a terrific call. Um, they, it, it never went to replay. Um, it was just the right call. It did go to replay, but he, but he was out. And, and it changed the course of the game. It really did. Yeah, I mean, that was an odd, strange ninth inning by the Padres offensively. Why they bunted with Fernando Tatis Jr., I'll never well, understand. You know, but... they're, they're a team uh, that has tremendous talent. I mean, you, you know the game of baseball. You know how much young talent they have in that Padres system. But five or six of those guys are kind of like where Javi Baez was in 2014 going into 15. You see flashes of this great power. You see this great ability in Tatis, who is going to be a superstar in the game. But the mental part of the game hasn't caught up to their tools yet. And he's playing at age 20 at shortstop at the highest level of baseball. He's going to be a star, but there's some gaps in his game that you would probably expect. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. You see the talent, and I mean, God, 20 home run guy after 20 yeah. home run guy when they come to the plate. I the but... Sox had a guy like him. What was his? Oh, that was him. Oh, yeah, it wasn't his father. It was Junior, no, no, it wasn't was. it? Yeah, oh, that, man, that's a tough that, one. That was a tough trade for them. Ooh. And at the time, they thought they were getting James Shields. James Shields still at the top of his game for half the price. He was making $22 million for the next four years, and they were getting it for $11 million for a, a guy that was 17 years old. And then he ended up being an innings, innings eater at the start of a rebuild. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, you know, I know, the, I know the scout very well who uh, insisted on that trade. Uh, his name is Don Welke. He just passed away last October, a good friend of mine. And he was a, a top uh, advisor for A.J. Preller, the general manager, and he said, this is a trade you won't regret. You're talking about a 17-year-old kid for a star pitcher who was just, you know, still pretty good at that point, except he had just given up 10 runs in the previous start before the White Sox traded for him. Yeah, that's crazy to look back on all the Sox talent they have and what could have been with it as well, but maybe they don't make that trade. Maybe they don't commit the full rebuild. He's Bruce Levine, covers both sides of town for us here on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. If you're a baseball fan and you're not following him on Twitter, you should be doing so at MLB. Bruce Levine. So update us on some of the things happening with the Cubs here. Some injuries to catch us up on. Wilson Contreras, Cole Hamels, what's the latest? Uh, Contreras, uh, Joe Madden was asked about uh, 30 minutes ago uh, about Contreras. His foot injury is fine. It's, you know, he he didn't even want to go on the IL at that time. But uh, 
there's a chance he'll be back in the next two or three days on their trip to San Francisco. Joe informed us. Hamels continues to have side sessions, um, bullpens. Um, at some point over the next week or ten days, he could go out on assignment. Maybe he's back by early August. And looking at that, like, is there, do we speculate or think anything beyond that, their trade for Maldonado besides just spelling them 10 days with Contreras on the DL? Or is it possibility of a Caratini being floated in a bigger trade? Is there anything else to take from that? I, I think Epstein and Hoy are open to anything at this point. You know, uh, you pointed out, uh, you know, a reporter in Detroit's so reporting that they've looked at Nick Castellanos, who's a former third baseman, right fielder. He's got big power, big hole in his swing, too, as far as strikeouts mm-hmm. go. But um, he's going to get moved. Does he fit in with the Cubs? They've certainly had conversations. I don't think uh, his offense would make up for the defensive uh, changes that they'd have to make by him being in right, Hayward being in center. So you take a, a gold glove right. right fielder permanently and put him in center field where he's average. And you, you have an outfield of him and Hayward, and, uh, you know, you, you have Schwarber most of the time in the left. So I don't know. Um, I don't know if that trade's going to happen. Um, you know, they, they do want a little bit more offense, but the trade-off for offense and defense is an important issue going down the line here in these last 70 games or so. Does it then make more sense of, like, uh, Eric Sogard from the Blue Jays, second baseman type about, of deal? They've talked about, you know, they talked well, it's a, it's a different animal, Nick, because what they really want, they want some more offense, but they'd like to have it in the leadoff position. So Sogard or, you know, a guy like D. Gordon, who really is not an on-base percentage guy um, is any, any longer, is are the guys at the top of the order. Uh, this would be offense from another situation. So they're, they're looking at that, but they'd like somebody at the top of the order no, maybe someone in the minor leagues right now who was with the major league team before. Uh, they, they're trying to piece it together. That's the way Epstein put it this week. Maybe not a huge deal, but a deal that could be impactful, you know, bringing in a, somebody there, a left-handed pitcher for the bullpen for sure. Maybe not the big names like Smith or Watson or, or um, you know, one of, one of the, the, the huge guys, but another left-hander. You know, from teams like Kansas City or Baltimore that we're not talking about. Yeah, it, totally understandably so. I brought it up last hour of, all right, you're in the NLCS and it's game five and it's 2-2 series and you're up a run and Cody Bellinger comes to bat in the eighth inning. Who's the lefty you hand the ball to right now? Right, and that's, that's you got Ryan. I mean, you got one left-hander. And, and the point, you know, I brought this up yesterday on inside the clubhouse, Nick, and it's a good point you bring up. You go into the seventh inning against Milwaukee, and they got 13 games left with Milwaukee, okay? And if you're set up the way you are right now, you have Yelich and Moustakas coming up in the seventh inning. You want Ryan in there, right, to face them? So he comes out, and then all of a sudden again in the ninth inning, Yelich is up again. What do you do? How do you match up? I mean, you take your, your chance closer. on you, your you big time closer, you right? Hope it's Kimbrel and he's striking him out. But if it's not and it's a tie game, and you need another left-hander to get him and Mustakis out again, it's a tough one. So I don't think they're they're not going to stay very long with with one left-hander. I mean, they still have Rosario and they can bring back, but they're they're going to try to find a piece that's a little bit better, more proficient at being a uh, 
a setup man closer to the end of the game. It didn't seem like a surprise when the lineup came out a few hours ago to see Addison Russell out of it. Disastrous day for him in the field, at the plate, on the bases yesterday. Anything said today, a day after that, of will we see less of Russell? Any hint in any way with that? Yeah, I mean, uh, Joe Madden had admitted that uh, he was um, he was impacted, you know, in some ways yesterday. You could tell uh, over the last two days, you know, uh, not just the pop-ups, but, you know, getting doubled off. Uh, things like that show you, you know, a guy's out of uh, character normally. So, um it's back to the drawing board. He had been hitting pretty well. He was up in the number five spot, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but his all-around game is still not where you want it to be. It's been disappointing. The whole second base situation for the Cubs with Descalso never finding himself this year. It's been a huge disappointment. Zobrist out for personal reasons. That's a hole, you know, right now for them. How do, you, how do they look at How do they see Garcia? Because to me it's, all well, right, you try to strike while the iron's hot and get anything you can. Do they see anything bigger for well, him? I mean, we don't know if he can do the job defensively. Right. You know, he's been out there. He's had some big hits for him. He's got power. Um, you know, OPS is there. Um, you know, the ball, you know, played outfield yesterday. First to batter of the game, hits a ball over his head. So, you know, you, you know that uh, you can't keep him out there. But they're going to continue to try to find the offense they need. You know, look. Contreras has been out for a while, okay? So there's only about three or four guys that have been getting it done offensively. Uh, they, they need to make sure that they can find another component there. And by uh, inserting him, he can hit a ball out of the ballpark. He can hit a double, and that's why they got him in there. To you, is this the best year Chris Bryant's had? I think it's approaching it, and that's hard to say for a guy that was already Rookie MVP, of the Year and yeah. MVP. But if you believe in war and you believe in all-around game, for a guy, I don't know how you can play much better. I mean, you put him in left field and he makes two yeah, three big plays it, this week, yeah, yeah and alone. two above average plays yesterday. You put him at third base, he's continued to improve there. You put him in right field, he does everything well. Uh, to me, and I'm writing the story for 670discord.com today. He's the MVP, not most valuable player, most versatile player. It used to be Zobrist. It used to be Baez. Zobrist is out. Baez is a shortstop every day. Now it's Chris Bryant that it's Madden's guy to move around and get, you know, quality from him at every position at bat. And uh, with all due respect to Javier Baez, Chris Bryant's the best base runner on the Chicago Cubs. Yeah, I think that it's the best way of putting it. Baez is the most exciting. He's going to do the, oh, my God, he's going to try to pull this off. Bryant's the one that, yes, it's more quietly gone about and maybe not as much flash to right. it, but my goodness, you trust damn near everything so, he does on a ball field. So he, he is Joe's go-to guy. He knows that Bryant's going to embrace that position and not only um, play okay, but above average there. And to me, I think... That's why when you bring up, is this his best year? In a lot of ways it is, coming off of that injury plug year, a lot of second-guessing last year, and the fact that he helps you win in so many different ways. Yeah, and has he spoken to, or some of the other guys that, that have been tossed around the lineup, or more specifically defensive positioning, have they spoken about of like how it affects them mentally approaching a game, saying, oh, I'm going to be in right field today, I'm going to be playing third some base Some of the guys today. don't like play. it. Yeah. But that's mostly off the record. Okay. Uh, Bryant loves it because 
Uh, growing up, his dad always made him play a bunch of positions and learn them and be good at them. So when he goes out to left, he already thinks he's going to be a very good left fielder. When he goes to right, he thinks he's going to be a good right fielder. If he's taking a day at first base for Rizzo, he's above average in his mind at first base. The confidence is there at every position. It's only done by having played those positions, putting the time in, and feeling like uh, you are... Uh, you want the ball hit to you. You played ball. Any guy that, uh, worth his salt that ever played ball that was a good defensive player always said, hit this ball to me. Yeah, well, I wasn't worth my salt when I played. Well, so you said to hope they yeah. hit it to somebody okay. else. Okay, well, some, I'm sure probably the listeners can. Uh, my, my baseball career ended when I was like 15 years old yeah, for good it's reason. Not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. It's all right. I wish it would have been a little yeah. bit longer, but that's all right. Uh, looking at the other side of town here, obviously not the week that they've wanted. Nice two days in Tampa, but not the week that they've wanted. Anything imminent, anything nearing on a trade front with them here in the next 10 days? You know, again, they have to decide whether column A – is more important for them to keep or trade. And, and they, have, they have him for next year, okay? So if you feel your rebuild is going to start kicking in next year, you're going to go out and spend $150 million on a pitcher, uh, you think that Cease, Lopez, and Giolito are ready to step it up, you feel like you're going to get uh, Kopech back, uh, you hope, you're hoping that you get... <clears throat> excuse me... Um, Carlos Rodon back. So if you if you plug in a big time free agent to that, is this the 2015 version of the Chicago White Sox from the Chicago Cubs when they plugged in Lester following year? You know they they, they put or they plug in uh, Zobris, they pr- plug in Lackey. You know, is this their time? And if that's the case, uh, you know, th- then that, that's what you, that, I think that's what you're you're looking at though, for sure. Okay. Anything else new on Abreu? It seems like a lot of people are. He's the great leader. You can't no, possibly I'll ask let you him go. That. Uh, I mean, can can you make a uh, a positive move by trading him, letting the other players on the team know, hey, we're trying to get him a championship, and we're certainly going to consider bringing him back as a free agent in November. I, I've always kind of been back and forth on this because. Like David Ross, you look at his stat line, and you'd look and be like, oh, well, that's a career backup catcher, and he provides next to nothing. He's John Lester's personal handler, and it's the only reason he has a job. That's but what we thought coming in. Right. You can't tell anyone that watched that 2016 Cubs team that. that no one believes that. Right. You, I, I read the book by Ben Ryder, Astro Ball, about the construction of the Houston Astros and the importance of why they keyed so much in on signing Carlos Beltran when they did. Not because he was 40 years old and he had a Hall of Fame career, but because he was the leader in the clubhouse of he'd go up to the 22-year-old rookie and say, this is is what you Darvish is doing, tipping a pitch. And he was the kind of veteran that was looked at to do that. You can't tell me that there's not extreme value in that. Nick, the difference is is there's no proven course with Abreu because he's played on losing teams Mm -hmm. his whole career. So we know he's a winner as a person, as a teammate. He's certainly an outstanding hitter. The, the intangible is that he hasn't played on a winning team. So we don't know about that part. With these other guys who were brought in, they had already been winners in other places. Mm-hmm. So that's the one missing link there. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's it's Jose Abreu is, we were kind of talking about some old bad Cubs teams off the air beforehand, and that's all he's been associated with the Sox. For right. a guy that's had a hell of a career, it's, it's not a his lot fault. of losing. Right. Not his fault. I mean, he's been a very good player. He's made himself into a very adequate defensive player after being below average. 
he's done everything you want in, you know, the White Sox front office love, loves him, but if somebody offers you a top flight young pitcher that's a year away, tough to say no. I mean, do you feel that good about, you know, the depth in your starting pitching and that you're you're almost there or are you still hey, we're we're still a couple more injuries away from competing to be a championship level oh, team. I mean, even as the pitching's constructed now, not to say the Sox have focused only on it. They have nice, very nice players, position player-wise. But you try to build all around pitching. Look at look at the New York Mets right now. You thought that was a dynasty waiting to happen right. or a terror in the National League yeah. for years and years, and it was kind of one and done in 2015. Yeah, it, was, it was a one-year wonder, and, and no one could have predicted it because you saw these power arms and these magnetic, magnetic personalities mm-hmm. that said, oh, wow, this is going to be a dominant team. They're, they're going to be like the old Mets back in the uh, the 60s and maybe the Mets in the uh, middle 80s when they won the World Series again. Not, not always too easy to project. So I do know how seriously Rick Hahn uh, takes the idea that you have to build a, a strong and deep cachet of starting pitching. And if they're blown away by some young starting pitching that someone's offering... It's incumbent upon, upon you to really, really pull the trigger. I mean, I think Abreu is an important guy, but your most important leaders are, uh, are you know, Ricky Renteria and his coaching staff. Yeah, and on the leadership part, I know it's easy to look at Tim Anderson. He's had a heck of a year, so it's, oh, Anderson, you miss his bat. How much do they miss him, you think, in that clubhouse? A lot. Just... A lot, because he's their energizer. Even the veterans on that team said, hey, this is starting to be a Tim Anderson team uh, because of the fact that he was delivering on the field and that he was showing that brashness and the separation from we're the Chicago White Sox, we don't accept uh, defeat, we don't like the opponents, we're a modern version of uh, this is how we're going to win, we're drawing attention to ourselves because we're not afraid to show that we're good. And that's, that's brashness that Anderson had backed up. I think they miss that a lot out there. Uh, hopefully he'll be back here in the next couple of weeks. Um, uh, a high ankle sprain for somebody like that who's so athletic and depends on so much athleticism to play the position, uh, it's difficult to get back to 100% there. Now, outfield, you might be able to do it at 80%. His position, he's got to be 100% back. What have you thought so far of Eloy playing left field with the two injuries that he's unfortunately sustained? Well... I'm going to talk to Rick Hahn and the rest, the rest of the media will on Monday or Tuesday about it, and he'll uh, soft sell it and tell us at 22 he's improving, he's improved a lot, he's worked hard, coaches continue to work with him. But it's two, Nick, it's two injuries in, a, in the same year in the outfield. Some people, regardless of um, how good an athlete they are, they're injury prone, okay? That didn't look like a real... It was kind of freakish, the second one. But, I mean, you know, he hit the guy's jaw, okay? He may be injury-prone. If, if they consider him not just unlucky or, un, uh, you know, didn't, doesn't know the position well enough, but injury-prone, then you need to protect him either in the infield or as a DH. And that's a decision they'll have to make down the line. No doubt about it. Bruce, thanks for stopping by. I appreciate you taking. Yeah. Give, me, uh, give me the five former Cubs. There's eight. There's eight closers in the Hall of Fame. Eight closers. Give me the five former Cubs. Eckersley, 
Will um, uh, Eckersley, obviously. Lee Smith today. Mm-hmm. Mitch Williams, I don't think, ever got into the Hall of Fame. No. Yeah, I say that sarcastic. There's eight in there. Five of them Five of them are the former Cubs. Cubs. God, I should know more than these. Yeah. Um, Randy Myers never got in. No. He was a save. No. Um, well, you got, you got Lee Smith. You got Lee Smith and you got Eckersley. Right. It's probably got, obvious ones. You got Suter. Oh, yeah, Suter. I, so I right. put a Cardinals hat on him because of the Sandberg right. game. You got Gossage, and the hardest one is Hoyt Wilhelm, who only threw three games for the Cubs in 1970. Okay. Those are the five of the eight uh, closers in the Hall of Fame. Man, I'm embarrassed by myself. No, no, I should have no. done better. Less than they had it either. No, he probably would He probably would have. Yeah. Or he would have just came up with names and convinced you that they were correct, right? Probably so. Less, like I always say, less is forgotten more than he knew. <laughs> That's right. All it's right. a problem we all wish that we had. Bruce, Take thanks care, for Nick. stopping by. Right. He's Bruce Levine, covers the Cubs, the White Sox, all things baseball with us, 670 the score, 670thescore.com. As he's off to the ballpark to cover the Cubs and Padres in what might be sweep a sweep for the Cubs here. That's what they hope for, at least as they are 7-1 on this homestand. It wraps up today, 121st pitch with the Cubs and the Padres. Kyle Hendricks getting the ball for the Cubs. And what's been an successful, an extremely successful homestand here so far to start off the second half of the year. And we'll see what happens here as they go on the road for the first time. It is kind of strange when you look at the Cubs and look what they've done so far this season. They've played great baseball at home, and this start to the second half has been no exception. 36-17 and 17 record at Wrigley Field this year, playing great baseball. And I guess we'll quickly find out here in the next coming days because they've got nine straight on the road, San Francisco, Milwaukee, and St. Louis. Was that 18-27 and 27 that they put up in the first half? Was it just kind of randomness and baseball weirdness that, that made it happen that way? Or is there something true with this team that they play significantly better at the friendly confines than they do away from their home ballpark? But that's what's to come up next. But obviously, first and foremost, they play today and play today against the San Diego Padres and the San Diego team that so far this year started off really well, started off like a team that looked like that young team that was that was coming up and looking like they might do some damage in the National League West and compete for a playoff spot. They get to the All-Star break maybe as well-timed as the All-Star break was for the Cubs. The Padres, maybe that's a team that's the complete opposite of because they just simply have not been the same team post-All-Star break. Just one win to show in their eight tries, getting beat up a little bit by the Marlins. The Cubs take care of them the last two days. And just some of the decisions and some of the play by the Padres the last couple of days of just Looked like their minds were in somewhere else as well. 312-644-6767 is your telephone number to call. Text messages always welcome as well. 67011. That's where you go to get those. It's Nick Shepkowski here for another 20 minutes or so as we get ready today for Cubs and Padres. As always, hear it right here on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. We're live at Smoke. But Daddy, 3636 North Clark Street, we're looking right into Gallagher Way. It's a great place to be. A little bit of rain in the area, a little bit of rain outside right now. So if you are on your way to the ballpark or going to be at least in the neighborhood today, can't recommend stopping by here possibly enough. 
the bottom of the hour being brought to you by Northwestern Football. Don't miss your chance to watch Big Ten football at Ryan Field this fall as number 17 Northwestern in the Wildcats. They're going to host Ohio State, Iowa, and more. Season tickets on sale now, nusports.com. Bottom of the hour also brought to you by Anthony Buick, GMC, and Gurney. July is a great time to buy at Anthony Buick GMC. Over 400 vehicles with with huge savings on every Buick and GMC truck. GMC, they are professional grade. Anthony Buick GMC. Visit Anthony Anthony Gurney. Dot com 312-644-6767, your telephone number to call. Text messages welcome as well. As always, 67011 is where you go to get those. Like I said, we're at Smoke Daddy here this afternoon, getting ready for the Cubs and the Padres, the final of this nine-game homestand, and the final of this this three-game series where the Cubs are trying to sweep this series. And we're broadcasting live here. Zach Zaidman's going to take over at 1245 with the Cubs pregame show. Fans, this broadcast brought to you by Xfinity, exclusive cover, well, Wi-Fi provider of Wrigley Field. Fans can access the expanded Wi-Fi service powered by Xfinity throughout the ballpark in Gallagher Way using the network labeled Xfinity at Wrigley. 312-644-6767, your number to call. Checking out the text line here today as well. Um, 847 texter, kind of on the conversation we were doing with Bruce Levine about Eloy Jimenez. Eloy was getting injured from trying hard to make a great play, not injury prone. Um, 847 texter also saying Moncada and Tim Anderson can be those team leaders and some other people chiming in as well. It's it's hard when it gets to the kind of plays that it was with Eloy because the second one it was, yeah, he's trying to make a great play. He's running a long way in a huge outfield in Kansas City and a freakish thing happens. However, that first one where he tries to, I don't know if you even want to call it, tries to rob a home run as much as he runs into a fence with his foot up in the air, like that was that was a tough one to watch, and it looked very unathletic, very uncoordinated for a guy that's said to be such a great athlete. More texts coming in, more baseball to talk about. We have to pause for a timeout, though. It's Nick Shepkowski in for Matt Spiegel on Hit and Run. Come back and finish up some of this show here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back in. Nick Shepkowski with you wrapping up Hit and Run this afternoon on 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. Cubs and Padres coming up here momentarily. Zach Zaidman's pregame show gets underway today, 1245. A big thank you to everyone here at at Smoke Daddy because this has been an outstanding place. It's been awesome food this morning, awesome atmosphere, getting ready for the ball game today. This broadcast has been a whole lot of fun, all brought to you by Xfinity, the exclusive Wi-Fi provider of Wrigley Field. Fans can access the expanded Wi-Fi service powered by Xfinity throughout the ballpark in Gallagher Way simply by using the network labeled Xfinity Wi-Fi at Wrigley. Wrigley Field, now the Wi-Fi friendly confines with in-stadium Wi-Fi from Xfinity, the exclusive Wi-Fi provider 
for Wrigley Field. Thank yous to pass along today that made this show possible. Promotions team out here bright and early this morning. Holt Erickson and Greg Rinaldi, parts of that. Those guys working together. Rich Wyatt, our engineer on site here, and my official iced tea goer and getter as he excelled and did great at that. Zach Withers producing for us back at the shop. Tremendous job this morning, Zach. And to our guests, Chris Kampka, Paul Sullivan, Bruce Levine was kind enough to stop by as well. Cubs baseball coming up next. They try to make it 8 of 9 on this homestand before hopping on a plane and going to San Francisco. Zach Zaidman has your pregame duties for you next live here at, at Smokehouse. Coming up next on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.